everyone. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you for joining me today on this update episode podcast. I don't really have any specific topic I would like to talk to you about today. I kind of just wanted to update you, tell you what's been going on in my life, and just talk to you personally as I would a therapist or a close friend. So a lot's been going on lately. I don't know how everyone's doing. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, It's the last day of March, which I'm really excited about because March is kind of, at least in New York, it's, it was so extreme. Like it was either sunny and 60 degrees or it was like 30 degrees and chance of snow. So I'm excited for April, although especially on the east coast it's like rains every day in april and it's just really dreary and windy so i feel like once we get past april we should be in the home stretch but i'm trying to really not push it because i think a lot of times when we're resisting something or we don't want something to happen we're not living in the moment we're not being present we're not being mindful and the best way to really surrender to the universe is to enjoy the present moment so i don't want to rush april i don't want to rush today i find myself guilty of this consistently like constantly all the time wishing it was later in the day wishing it was tomorrow wishing it was next month and it takes us out of the present moment more than anything else when we're dreaming about our future or dwelling on our past. And I've been trying so hard to just stay present because it really is the best gift that we can give ourselves. Even if the present moment is less than ideal, which has been the case for me for the last few months, just think of something you could be grateful for today. And I think that's why I really treasure journaling and doing my self-care activities every single day. They're my non-negotiables to show myself love and really care for and nurture myself. And these include journaling. This includes meditating. This includes doing yoga, going for a walk. And of course, now that I'm working again, I can't do all of these things all the time, especially being in school. So I make sure that I just do and dabble in a little bit of these every day just to make myself grounded and bring myself back to center. So I would love to hear what you're doing to keep up with taking care of yourself. And this could look like different things for different people, but I know for me, I love nothing more than being outside in nature. I love going to yoga. Um, My walks and eating a lot of vegetables is extremely important to me to keep me feeling my best, to keep me feeling strong and healthy. And many of you know that I'm on keto again, and I guess I need to touch on the elephant in the room, at least for myself, is my body image issues. I'm tomorrow marks week three of keto, and I can't help but find myself comparing this time around's progress to when I did keto last year in the summer. I think during week three, I'd lost like 15 pounds. And today I was trying on bathing suits because my boyfriend and I are going to Florida for an engagement party at the end of April. And I just, man, I just want to feel confident and I want to look sexy in a bathing suit. So I spent like 200 plus dollars on two bathing suits from Victoria's Secret. They were hella expensive, but I wanted to look like a bad bitch. So when I tried on the bathing suits today, I did not feel hot. I found myself scrutinizing my stomach and 
just feeling disgusted and appalled. And my self-critical judgment is so prevalent and really reflects how I feel about other people because I rejoined hot yoga and I find myself comparing my bodies to the girls in yoga and just really being so resentful and self-loathing and wishing I could be different, wishing my body was built different because if you don't know me in person, I am a big girl. I always was. I think I always will be. Um, very big boned, as my dad used to say. I've never been small. I've never been petite. So I found myself in the past and even to this day so jealous and envious of girls who are naturally tiny because being a bigger girl, being tall and quote unquote thick, if you'd like to say that, um, I just have always felt so masculine and I've never felt feminine and I know it's such societal brainwashing and just the way I've been conditioned as a female in America that to be desirable you have to be sexy you have to be youthful you have to be docile and submissive and take up not a lot of space and I've never felt like I deserve to take up space on this earth I never felt like my voice mattered and I want to be honest with y'all and say that I've been struggling with this hardcore the last few days. Um, I guess a couple of you know, I'm a writer. I write poetry. I'm on my fourth book. I've published three poetry books, which are literally my heart on paper. They're everything. They're my babies. And I find this voice like continually popping up in my head that says, Lauren, no one cares about what you have to say. Even when I make these podcasts, like I am afraid if I'm putting myself out there and being vulnerable, I'm so scared that no one cares about what I have to say, that I'm irrelevant, that my life has no purpose, that like, I don't mean anything to anyone. And as a creator, you know, I'd love to be a full-time creator. I'd love to write full-time. I'd love to make this content for y'all. I'd love to share my story and speak and do coaching and just help people. But I have this deeply ingrained woven inner negative self-talk belief that says your voice doesn't matter because especially being in my 20s nowadays we're so used to like these overnight successes and I watch the younger generation it seems like all they care about more and more is getting views and getting likes and it's really sad because our self-worth if you're on social media is so often tied into how many views you get, how many listeners, how many followers. And I don't know if anyone's following me on Instagram, but my podcast page has like a hundred followers. So it could get extremely discouraging because again, going back to being a woman, a female um, in America, we're taught that the only way to get attention is to show our bodies. The only way to get people to care about what you have to say is if you're hot. And specifically, I joined TikTok like a couple weeks ago. It seems that the general consensus is like all these TikTokers are super attractive, super privileged, and super white. And I mean, I am white and passing, but I'm not super attractive. I'm not super white. And I'm not like, I care more about what's going on internally than I do showing off my body. And this isn't to put anyone down that gets views or gets paid for modeling or doing fitness videos or anything like that. But that's not me. Um, 
I care about making a difference. I care about mental health. I care about spirituality. I care about poetry. And unfortunately, these days, those things don't catch a lot of attention. So I just think it's unfortunate. And I'm trying to like unwire that belief that because I don't have a zillion followers that my poetry sucks because I think my poetry is fucking awesome if I'm being real with you guys like I've never felt talented at anything in my life I've never felt good at anything which is another limiting belief but I think my poetry is like out of this world amazing and I'm very proud of it and I will continue to work on it. So I made a author page, which I'm going to try to link in the show notes if anyone wants to check out my poetry. I also post it on TikTok occasionally and Instagram, but I really don't know how much longer I'll be on TikTok just for my mental health because it's so easy for me to compare myself, let alone in yoga or just in day-to-day life and especially online. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there that I don't know if anyone else feels the same way. Like, I'm sure people do. But I need to stop telling myself I will be worth something and I will have more value once I get signed by this publisher, once I reach X amount of followers, once I reach X amount of listeners. And I'm really happy with the way this show is going. Um, We're getting a lot of listens and I'm actually starting to make money off of my show, which is really cool because I enjoy this so much. I love like this catharsis that I get after I record. And as someone that has never been a loud person, I can tend to be very quiet and introverted. I have so many thoughts. And if you have anxiety, I'm sure you can relate. Like you don't say much, but you have a zillion things going through your mind at once. So this is super therapeutic for me. So along with working on my book, lately I've been applying to a lot of doctoral programs because I'm graduating with my master's very shortly in just a couple of weeks, thank God. (laughs) And I want to be a psychologist. So I've been applying to PsyD programs, Doctor of Psychology. And this has brought about so much stress because I have so many different interests. And I think as someone in our society, like you're told right when you graduate from high school that you have to do one thing for the rest of your life. And I'm 26 years old and I'm still figuring it out. I have so many different areas of interest. Like, I don't know if I want to go into counseling psychology or school psychology, forensic psychology, or if I want to place a focus on marriage and family therapy. Like, I'm still deciding and it's going to take time. So if you don't know what you want to do for the rest of your life, it's really okay because we are constantly changing. We're constantly transforming. And I think this is a really good thing if we were just staying stagnant and you know, not moving or not challenging ourselves, not pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, we wouldn't be growing. And I love growing. I think there's nothing more important than developing um, yourself and gaining that insight and self-awareness. So I've been looking into these programs and it's brought about a little bit of nervousness because my boyfriend and I, we've been dating for almost six months now and It's like if my doctoral program brings me to the West Coast and he wants to move down South and the East Coast, like what am I supposed to do? And we got into like this conflict last night where I felt like if we're going to break up in a year, why don't we just break up now? That's what I said to him. And I got very defensive. I found fear creeping up. I found it was my ego talking and my self-protective mechanism. 
and Nick wouldn't really let me do this. He wouldn't let me push him away, which I'm really glad because it does not feel good when we're operating from such a low vibration, right? Um, And I felt like I wanted him to read my mind. I wanted to talk to him about it, but I didn't want to be the one to say, hey, let's talk about it because for some reason it just felt weak and I felt like I had to put up this facade as if, oh, I don't care. And this is the fearful avoidant in me speaking, but we came together and we communicated about it and I felt so much better after we did. And I'm really happy he said something. I'm really happy he cared enough to notice and acknowledge my feelings. And it's funny because I said to him the other day, I'm like, hey babe, I think I'm going to go to Arizona for my society program. Like, see ya. And I was being kind of inconsiderate. And then yesterday, oh, how the tables turned, he flipped the switch on me and said, hey, like this might be happening. I might be going here. And I immediately felt abandoned. I didn't even put a name to it until now. Like that was the first thing I felt like I was being abandoned. And I didn't realize how scared I am to lose him because I also have this belief in me and it comes a lot from shame that... I'm not lovable, and if Nick moved somewhere, um, then he would find a girl who's a lot hotter than me, who's a lot thinner than me, who's a lot more mentally stable than me, (laughs) and it triggered feelings of abandonment and loss, and I really struggle with feelings of grief and loss, and I'm scared, and that led me to act in a way that I wasn't super proud of, but... It's all a learning process because this is the first healthy, non-abusive relationship I've ever been in. And I can't expect myself to be perfect. Like when you're so used to toxicity and dysfunction, you operate from like this dynamic. You're on autopilot. You're constantly in a state of hypervigilance and self-protection, self-preservation. And I've been doing really good. Um, being honest with him and trying to collaborate rather than push against him and see him as the enemy because more often than not people are not monsters and it's really hard to hate someone up close as Dr. Brene Brown said so I have to see a relationship as working together rather than competing against one another who could care the least you know who can leave first who can get hurt less because that's not loving and that is not kind And I feel like things in my relationship have been going great um, in terms of my sex life because this is sex and spirituality. It was very interesting. The other night, Nick and I were getting our, our thing on, you know, and we came at the same exact time and I started hysterically crying and laughing at the same time. And as a girl, like as a female, I know this is normal. This is something that a lot of women experience, either laughing or crying or just feeling a flood of emotions, especially during or after post-coital orgasm, you know, but it's never happened to me where I've cried before. And as a guy, I could only imagine like what he's thinking, like, oh my God, was it that bad? Like, was it something I did? But I thought it was really funny, but I also found it to be kind of embarrassing, honestly. And Nick is the first partner I've ever had where I've came let alone this many times, but at the same exact time as, and I remember thinking it wasn't possible. So I just wanted to say like feeling safe and surrendering to someone and really truly letting someone see you and just allowing yourself to be your authentic self that will allow you to open up sexually. 
And it was a really powerful bonding experience. I felt super connected to him. And it was really raw and uncomfortable, especially as someone that's very insecure with their body and working on their body image. But I'm really happy in the direction this relationship is going. It's been super hard for me to learn to trust someone again or to let go of my preconceived notions or stereotypes that I so often give men because of my history of sexual abuse and domestic violence. But the right relationship can be extraordinarily healing. And I was seeing this in therapy the other day that this relationship has brought about a lot of discomfort and uncomfortable emotions. But I know that every relationship we are in is in a spiritual assignment and we can either dip before we really learn the lesson and allow ourselves to emerge in its purpose in the soul in the soul's relationship contract or we can just embrace it for what it is and learn to work through it now this isn't to say that you should put up with any abusive behavior or manipulation or control or anything that makes you feel terrible because a relationship shouldn't make you feel bad. It could be challenging. It could be difficult to show up and to speak your truth and to find yourself. But it's so important and it's so crucial. And I've been exploring, like, how do I know if I'm self-sabotaging or if this isn't the right relationship for me? And I think the answer comes down to how does my body react? What does my intuition tell me? Am I scared? Am I trying to protect myself? Am I trying to run? Am I trying to detach? Am I operating from my fear and my ego? Or is this an opportunity for me to learn to love and to be loved? So I think I'm going to end it there before I get all over the place like usual. But I thank you so much for listening to me. And I hope you will connect with me uh, through Instagram, through direct message, by liking, rating, subscribing, sharing, if you resonated this in some way, shape, or form. And I will keep you guys updated. I plan on putting out another Instagram poll for what you'd like to hear about in the next episode or future upcoming podcasts. So thank you again. And I hope that you took something from this. And I hope that this lifted you up and gave you something you need to hear today.